Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational ED Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first we want to acknowledge our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition. We coach Vital Signs Wall of Fame and the global community of women in high school sports. You've heard me say many times, these are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. I'm watching you. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are all great companies that I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. Well, thank Gipper for their support. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for the podcast. It's also where you can start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not celebrating your teams and promoting your athletes, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. Go to Gipper.com, mention this podcast. Uh, they'll give you a nice discount. It's professional graphic design made simple, and it's trusted and used by over 3,000 athletic departments, both high school and college, across the country. That's Gipper. Dot com. Start creating custom content for your school's social media channel. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. It's home, It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. Hometown is here to make the best online ticketing solution for you. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their score boards in action. Uh, their products not only generate income, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com for more information. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention this podcast. Um, you'll also get a nice discount. And check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards, your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell your school's proudest moments. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle for years and it was just great. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at the highest level. Go to huddle.com. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Home Campus. Home Campus is the exclusive iSchool Association and information management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, uh, high school uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As a high school AD, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. To get started with your own Home Campus account, all you have to do Go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, Snapraise. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including the best fundraising platform out there, Snapraise. 
but there's Snap Connect, there's Snap Manage, Snap Store. To see them all, go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to um, take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes through a custom survey that they'll create for you. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys connect you with the 2%, but they also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. That's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. To get started, all you have to do is go to athleticsurveys.com. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to Liberty, Missouri today, and we're going to be visiting with Rob Miller. I'm sure that's a familiar name to our uh, regular listeners. If not, Rob is a longtime coach, longtime administrator. He's going to go into all of those uh, uh, experiences with a group called Proactive Coaching. Uh, he is a partner. He's a uh, speaker. Uh, at a national level, and uh, he was recommended to us, uh, shouldn't have had to have been recommended, I should have got him myself, uh, by uh, the great Scott Garvis, uh, who does his own podcast, but Rob Miller, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Well, thank you for having me on, followed you for a long time, and I'm just honored to be here with you today. Uh, well, we're very excited to, uh, to have you on. Uh, as you know, uh, we always like to let our uh, listeners have a chance to get to know our guests, so Give us that bio, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through your own uh, college years, and then we'll take a break and hear more about your early career. But what's the Rob Miller origin story? Well, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a small town in, well, I guess you'd call it mid-Michigan, northern Michigan, but it, it was a great place to grow up because I grew up on, basically, my dad was a large animal veterinarian in a small ag town. And so I grew up with him on the farms, but yet we were five miles from Lake Huron, so I grew up on the lake, I grew up in the woods, I grew up on the farm, and I grew up playing all sorts of sports. You know, that was for in high school, I played basketball, football, I played tennis, and then I played baseball in the summer. So I was playing all those. And it was just a great place to grow up with my three siblings and my mom and dad. And uh, then got the chance to go on and play small college basketball. And did that at a place called Spring Arbor College, it's now Spring mm -hmm. Arbor University in Michigan and NAIA program and had a wonderful experience there. And, you know, I think where I was really blessed at both the high school and college level is great coaches who are mentors. And then at the college level, one of my mentors, obviously was my basketball coach, Bill Bockwitz, who I got the chance to just spend time with last week. And you know how that is. My 85-year-old coach, and I'm still on the edge of my chair, listening to every word, wondering when he's going to tell me to go run a line and beam, right? I mean, you know, just what do I need to do, coach? But the other big impactful person at, at Spring Arbor was the athletic director, who was also the baseball coach, Hank Burbridge. And so that's what kind of sparked my interest in athletic administration and coaching, both of them. And so I got a chance to play four years of college basketball. Um, and then after that, I, I ended up coaching right away at the college level and I coached for a number of years basketball and then got my master's at Michigan State in athletic administration, where I got the chance to work in the athletic program there. So that kind of takes me up to that point in my career. And it was just 
a lot of life lessons learned. Um, and here's what I also would say. I had great coaches, teachers, and mentors to the point. They got more out of me than I ever saw in myself. How this guy at six foot three can't jump, not fast, got a chance to play a hundred and college, 100, over a hundred college basketball games, and was named, you know, captain my senior year. I still don't know. It was they got more out of me than I ever saw. So that kind of brings you up to that point in my life. Well, that's a great uh, segue because I was going to ask you. I'm a little bit older than you, but I think our backgrounds are are fairly similar. You know, high school and college. Um, Looking back on those high school days, I already know the answer, but I want to hear it. Uh, looking back on those high school, maybe even your college days, were there any lessons that at the time you really didn't get it, but later on as a coach and as a leader of coaches that you go, hey, that was a very important moment, a very important lesson. Anything stick out for you? Yeah, there, I think there's two that automatically come stick out in my, my mind. The first one was from a my junior high basketball coach who was the assistant varsity football coach. And I still I can picture in the gym where I was as a sophomore. You know how you got those moments that just I'm 60 years old and I can go back to that moment when Coach Gardy looked at me and said, you know, when you start seeing more in yourself and you see what we see, you're going to be good. And that that to me was kind of an eye, just a light bulb going on. Quit going through the motions. You know, work at this. They see something new, work at it. And the second one was my varsity basketball coach, who's also the varsity football coach, who's also the varsity baseball coach, because that's small school, right? And one day, I'll never forget, we were in the gym, and he started working on a little technique with me at six foot three with a little jump hook. And he looked at me and said, you know, when you get to the next level where you could play, you got to have some skills that go beyond what you think you need. And, and I kind of put that together and, you know, it, now I, I would never say this when I was in high school, but now I look back at that and I say, what they taught me was see the big picture, but know that it comes by taking care of the details. I had to get some skills and some details in order for me to get to where I need, wanted to go. Those are probably the two biggest lessons I learned back at that part of my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, Somehow that lesson, and maybe we can go into this deeper uh, later on. I think those lessons that we got playing three sports and being exposed to different coaches, different coaching styles um, allowed us to, you know, I, I don't know, maybe grow at an earlier age. And, and, you know, again, it's not to denigrate any single coach that that's all you do, but um, I'm going to guess uh, you might've had some of this in high school. Um, the head football coach was the JV basketball coach. Uh, the head baseball coach was an assistant football coach uh, and across the board. So you had all these, you know, great coaches that again, it's back in the seventies. So they were men, but you had all these great men that we were exposed to season after season, but in different roles. Is that similar to your high school experience? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I laugh because I say, when you look at my three sports, I think I had five total coaches. Right. Playing three different sports, five total coaches, because that's how they did things back then. And, you know, you were, you know, it wasn't you came in, as you know, and you were hired to teach and coach and not just coach one sport. You were hired to coach this and that and this. And you know what? You may also be filling in with the FFA. 
You know, you know, I always said the best coach at our school was the FFA director. And I had great coaches, two Hall of Fame coaches at high school. The FFA director may have been the best coach. Yeah. Everybody just kind of pitched in where they needed to pitch in. Uh, yeah, oh, boy, uh, we could take this episode in a whole different direction. And maybe <laughs> we should sometime. We'll we'll mark that down on the calendar. For our listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Rob Miller. He is a partner, a leader, a speaker with Proactive Coaching. We're going to dive more deeply into Proactive Coaching later on. Let's go and take our first break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper for their support. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not promoting the teams and celebrating the athletes' accomplishments, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. Go to Gipper.com, mention this podcast, they'll give you a nice discount, and it's professional graphic design made simple. In fact, it's so easy, even I can do it. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs, both high school and college across the country. And if you go to Gipper.com, you can start creating that content today. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational 80 Podcast. Our guest is Rob Miller from Proactive Coaching. Rob, you took us up through, uh, you know, your high school and college, you know, your glory days back then. Um, let's go and talk about that early career. You weren't always with Proactive. And for our listeners, we're going to take that deep dive into Proactive. But what was it like right out of school? What were some of the jobs that, you know, got you on your journey uh, that you're still on today? Well, let's start with my, you know, getting married right out of college, you know, with my wife, Susan. And and uh, 37 years later, here we are. Um and we were living in Spring Arbor, so I took over. You know, it was one of those things where we were getting married, and I hadn't got a job yet, and it was August. And and I taught, mentioned those two people before, my basketball coach and the AD, Bill and Hank. And I was back just doing an interview, working out in the, the field house for a job at a high school. And they called me up, and they said, hey, how would you like to join our staff here as a kind of an assistant athletic director in charge of facilities and as the assistant basketball coach? So that was my first taste right out of college and got involved in that for about two, two and a half years. And then our head coach kind of surprisingly retired from basketball. And so at 23, 24 years old, I took over a college basketball job. And I said, you know, in seven or eight years, I was about 85. You know, that's how much you know how that is. Um, learned a lot. But at that point, uh, so, so I started coaching right away at that level. But then I knew I wanted to probably look at administration. So I went back to Michigan State and got my master's in athletic administration, which led to during that time, while I was getting my master's, I became a college conference commissioner. And that was a wonderful experience because back then it was an NAI conference in Michigan, Indiana, and commissioners' roles at small colleges were just starting. So it was kind of like a little bit of everything, but it was learning the whole gamut of everything, which was kind of fun. But you look back now and you just laugh. You know, if you wrote down everything you did, college commissioners today would just laugh. You did what? You know, and and so I did that. But then I joined the National Christian College Athletic Association in the field of development and also then took over as the executive director. And I was there until 2000. And in 2000, I ended up 
going to the NAI national office. And I was in charge of different things, but one thing they wanted to start was a champions of, we didn't call it this at the time. It's now called the champions of character program. That's what we called it when we started it, but it was basically a character development program for coaches and athletes at the NAI level, which that got me wondering, okay, what am I looking for? They want me to do this, but what do I want? And I knew this. In the world of athletics, we do not live in a philosophical world. Yes, we need philosophy, but we live in an application world. What are we going to do? You know, I mean, we got things to get done, I mean, you know, from the whole area. What are we going to do today that will allow us to be more effective tomorrow? And that's when a friend of mine, an athletic director up in the Pacific Northwest, said, there's this guy you have to hear. His name's Bruce Brown. He's coached and been an AD for 30 plus years up here, but he's retiring and he's going to be doing some speaking and he started this program, Proactive Coaching. So I went up and I listened to him one time and I called back our CEO at the NAI and I said, um, forgive me, but I just hired somebody, okay? Because <laughs> he was, Bruce was the guy. And so he and I worked at the NAI from 2000 to 2008. Well, he was also doing his Proactive Coaching, but I was at the NAI and we started speaking a lot. And that brings us to 2008 when we just felt like, we want to continue to do this for the NAI, but we want to do it for high schools. We want to do it for NCAA schools. We want to do it for JUCOs. We want to do it for everybody. And that's in 2008 when we, when I joined Bruce's company and became a partner in proactive coaching. You know, coming from the Northwest, uh, you know, I'm familiar with, with Bruce Brown uh, and would see, I'm trying to remember his, his magazine, cause this is pre-internet stuff. Um, you know, his, um, his books, pamphlets, tapes, etc. So, you know, how long had he been doing that? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, challenging your memory here when you got a hold of him, because it, it, I, if I'm remembering right, we got, we got together in 2000, late 2000, 2001. And so he was starting, uh, he had started for a couple of years, but he was still also at that time involved in some coaching, and so, so he had retired from teaching at that point, but he was doing some coaching and he was throwing around talking. So I'm going to say he started in about 98 and then he and I got involved um, really closely in 2001 at the NAI. Okay. Now, I also want to say that he would do coaches or ADs retreats yeah. on the island. Uh, is that still going on? Well, he started that when he moved up there about 2005. And yes, he does. He still, in fact, his comment, you know, Bruce is in his mid seventies now. And he says, well, I could get on a plane and fly to you, or you can fly to me on a, a San Juan Island and look at the ocean and the mountains. Which one would you, not a tough sell, not yeah. a tough sell to get people to go to the island to visit with him. All right. Let's go back uh, again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let's go back to your uh, NAI days. Um, and you already mentioned it, you know, becoming a, a conference commissioner, uh, you know, at a younger age. I remember I was a high school head football coach, you know, when I was 25. And that expression, you don't know what you don't know, certainly applied to me. Um, how was that? Uh, and also looking ahead, what were some things that you got out of that experience that are still with you today? Well, I think what wow was, was, I guess, with the stuff that I wasn't sure about going in. Now, remember, you already mentioned it. That's kind of going back, predate the internet. So guess what? Sports information was a different animal. And so what, what was your primary focus in those areas? Statistics. 
You know, you weren't, it, that was kind of the area. How do we pump statistics out to get awards? And it wasn't necessarily about now the social media flips that every, you know, what was your ad about, right? How do we make our social media presence better? Back then it was, how do I, how do I get my stats together so I can fax them to somebody so somebody can put them all together, okay? And I was one of those commissioners that I put them all together for people and faxed them back out. So you learned a lot of, I guess what you understood, you had to deal at the three foot level. And I think right now, a lot of times we're stuck at the 30 foot level and we have to learn. I think it helps to see the, the at 30,000 feet if we've been at three feet. And I think that's early days developed the three feet as you kind of walk through it. That really helped. But I think the other picture that really helped me was that's probably when I first started, you know, you remember when we were coaches, okay? We had our own mindset, our own philosophy. And yes, we had those mentors around us. But now all of a sudden in an administrative position, you're looking at a lot of different coaches from a lot of different backgrounds, coaching in a lot of different philosophies, coming at it from vastly different ways. And I realized, oh my word, how I dealt with things is vastly different how they deal with things. And it doesn't mean they're wrong. It means I have to understand where they're coming from. Now, I think we both agree in our years of administration, there's been a segment we looked at and said, you're wrong, okay? Because you're just wrong. But for most of them, they're not wrong. They're just different. And how can we grow from learning from them in their different approaches to the game, different approaches to administration, different approaches to leading athletes? And I think we have to step back. And I think that was the most valuable thing for me is to see all these different philosophies and styles. Right. I, I do got a comment, though, uh, on your stats thing. Uh, so for our younger listeners, OK, imagine, you know, creating a Word document yourself with stats for your whole team. Uh, and then when you uh, email that to somebody else, they just can't copy and paste. They are literally taking your document and 12 other documents from the other conference schools and then collating by hand. Okay. This guy's got more stats or this girl's got more RBIs all by hand, by hand. So uh, yeah, the back in the stone age, it, it, it was a little bit different. Uh, all right. Jumping ahead now. Um, I, I love your comment and I've used this way too many times. My coaches could finish it for me. Uh, it's not right, wrong, good or bad. It's different. Uh, and as an AD, that was one of the harder lessons that I had to learn. Uh, just uh, I was too controlling for my coaches. They couldn't breathe. Uh, and finally, a great mentor said, you know, we had a great talk. And I said, you're absolutely right. And uh, it really uh, changed the way that I worked with coaches and allowed me to be a better AD, allowed them to be the best coach that they could be. You know, um, very cool stuff. Let's go and take another quick break. Uh, again, for our listeners, we're talking today with Rob Miller of Proactive Coaching. We're actually going to talk about proactive coaching in our next segment. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider for schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, their team is going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. 
every single school is assigned a dedicated client success manager to provide you with hands-on support every step of the way. Every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and set up a live web demo to see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Of course, we use it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Make sure you mention the uh, web, the uh, podcast, and they'll give you a nice discount. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Rob Miller, one of the partners, one of the leaders of proactive coaching. Rob, you know, we've talked a little bit about it so far. It's been a program has been around forever, you know, started by Bruce Brown. Um, let's pretend that, you know, one of our listeners uh, is not familiar with it. So, you know, what is proactive coaching and also, you know, why should they care? I think that's that's a great question. And I'll start with kind of the big picture here. I think if you go down to what Bruce and Dana, his wife's why was, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the, the, you got to know your why. It was help develop intentional coaches to go beyond the X and O's and intentionally build culture-based programs, positive culture-based programs and develop leaders on their team. And I think that's probably the most succinct way to put it because I think what he was seeing and I would agree with him was we've really had a tendency for coaches to focus on the X and O's, right? And then you hope they get to the point that they develop into a kind of a balance. Because I put it this way, you'll never find a great team that's all about performance without culture. And you'll never find a great team that's all about culture without performance. There has to be a balance. And that's an athletic team. Guess what that is? That's your coaching staff too. That's To me, it's everything. We're building teams around performance and culture. And Bruce's philosophy was, how can we intentionally do that and not just talk about it? I put it this way. You know, I think we've gotten really, really, um, and I'll say this sarcastically, good at, okay, is T-shirt slogans and banners. We put things on back of T-shirts. We put them on banners, but then dive down and say, what does that look like in a game? What's that look like in a classroom? What's that look like in the community? And now it's harder to get succinct in what that is into action statements, and so it's an application model program. That's what we're about. We work with coaches. We work with team leaders. We work with team members. And we work with parents. And we work with all of those and administrators because to me, those are the coaches. So that's when we we kind of interchange it. In fact, we go to schools. A lot of times we're not just working with athletic teams. We're working with bands. We're working with FFAs. We're working with choirs, debates. Because teams are teams fundamentally. So we try to interchange all that language as we go through. Our biggest hope is this. We give coaches application models they can put in practice tomorrow that allow them to build culture and get better in performance. So that's kind of really a short synopsis of who we are. And I'll just say we work with, uh, oh, we've worked over the last, since 08, that's 15 years ago, 
We've spoken to probably over well over 2 million people. And we've worked at over 500 in, in face at over 500 colleges. I mean, 500 high schools and 100 colleges. So it's getting an impact and have had the chance to speak overseas four different times. So so it's a message I think that people want. And, and here's one thing Bruce and I talk about when we love this. When we started back in 2000, you know how many companies were talking about culture and leadership? Maybe three or four. You know how many are talking about it now? Hundreds. And that's okay because that means it's important. That means people are making it important. So that's kind of who we are. No, I, I love it. I love the way you explained it. And, and you mentioned the why. And I, I want to be very uh, intentional here with what I'm going to say. You know, the why is certainly, you know, foundational and important. But sometimes, I'm not going to say too often, sometimes I hear coaches and it's, you know, this is my why, this is my why, this is my why, this is my why. And I'm going, okay, now what are you doing with that? Uh, and you talked about practical application. So let's speak to that cynical uh, AD or coach. Maybe he's sitting in Florida right now uh, and talk about, you know, the what part, you know, what are some of the things that they're going to find once they figured out, Hey, my why needs to bring me to proactive coaching. Well, I'll start with this. Something we do with coaches a lot. We have them write down, who are your three most talented players? And then I say, who are your three best character players based on this definition? Who makes your best decisions on effort and behavior? Okay. Guess how many people come up with the same? Okay. You know, it, there's a few, right? There's a few that, that do that, but there's not a lot. And the whole premise is this. You will never reach potential until your most talented players are your hardest workers. So as a coach, you talk about your why, but why do we want to do this? Because if we can get one young person to make a better decision on effort and behavior, guess what just happened? We got better, which means if we produce at a higher level, we have a better chance to reach potential. That usually grabs their attention. But then get to the what. Okay, how are you going to teach this belief system? And so we take them through a process. How do you teach it? Because, you know, one thing, coming back to my T-shirts comment, you know, Walk into any high school today, sit down with 200 athletes and have them all write their definition of the word respect down. How many different definitions of the word respect are you going to have? 200. Well, that's not necessarily on them. That's on us to get on the same page with them. And so kind of coming back to our old coaching days and, and talking about methods of coaching and and, and just, you know, this, the laws of motor development, huh? How do you teach a skill? You define it, you model it, you shape it, and you reinforce it. That's how we teach athletic skills. Well, how about if we teach character skills the exact same way? And so we take them through, okay, how do we define it? How do we model it? How do we shape it, correct it? And how do we reinforce it? Let's follow that same method because that's what we as coaches do. You know, the laws of motor development can also speak to how to teach character through sport. So that's kind of one of the, the, the aspects. And I'll give you one other. Here's one, probably speaking for the last 15 years, here's the comment I've heard more than anything else. We don't have any leaders anymore. And guess what? I probably agree with that statement. But how I rephrase it to them is, what are you doing to create them? Mm -hmm. Because how many times do you see this? We're naming leaders based on the fact they're seniors, they're talented, yeah. they're popular. Okay. And, but how many people want the title of leader, but not the responsibility that goes with it? 
So we go all the way through from saying, what do you want as a leader? Number one. Number two is, how are you going to choose your leaders? To number three is, how are we going to develop them? And we take them through that process as well. And then we work with the leaders themselves. I just got back Saturday. I was up in Fort Wayne. With just, I got the chance. I love these days. I got a chance to just work for three and a half hours with a high school basketball team, just their coach and their players. And we went through all of this stuff. And you know what you find out when young athletes take ownership, it's the Pat Summit quote, right? Okay. You know, ownership is the greatest weapon we have on our team. And when it becomes them saying, here's who I want to be versus us saying, here's who you should be, then the ceiling just goes it just you can see it gets me going man it just gets me so excited when you see those kids say we want to reach potential so that's kind of a couple of the what's you know how do you teach it and then how do you also develop leaders and then the third one we also talk about the difference between individual commitment and team commitment individual commitment are those choices each athlete has to make team member has to make or each coach has to make to be a great team member because i'll just say this you know as an ad you've seen it how many coaches are great coaches at building teams but they're the worst teammates you've ever been around how are we going to develop them okay and then second is team commitment is our non-negotiables if you're going to be on this team here's what it is here's what it is to to be a member of this team so that's kind of a couple of the what's well you, you got me fired up i'm ready to uh you know get, get back into coaching here um Rob, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but two things. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to find out more about proactive coaching, how they could bring you or one of your speakers to their school, or just reach out to you and start picking your brain a little bit, um, what's the best way that they can do that? Let me start with the latter first. Proactive, uh, You can contact me at rob at proactivecoaching.info. There's the difference in it. It's .info. So rob at proactivecoaching.info, love to talk to them. And then if you go to our website, which is proactivecoaching.info, um, that's a great place to get some information. And I'll tell you what, our Facebook page is, is we have about a million people that follow us on Facebook. And that's a great place to just get some snippets at Proactive Coaching uh, LLC. Search for us there. Those are the three best places. All right. Uh, again, Rob Miller, Proactive Coaching. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back. We're going to take, I don't know if it's possible, but we're going to take an even deeper dive into proactive coaching and why you should consider, you know, having this as a part of your program. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards for all the teams, for all the events, uh, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply talk about your school's proudest moments and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention this podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. They're on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. Vitalsignswalloffame.com. Hey, Susan. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just great. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com. See why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users 
turn your school into a huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Rob, uh, that was a truly great segment uh, talking about, you know, proactive coaching to maybe someone who's not familiar with it. Um, can you look at your time with proactive? I'm sure you've done hundreds uh, of presentations with kids, with coaches, with teams, with schools. Can you share a couple of examples when this is my term, not yours, success stories, where obviously you're working on changing the culture and helping the coaches, you know, do even greater things. But do you have a couple of success stories you can share? Sure. Let me do a couple from college and a couple from high school. Okay. I think those would both be good. A couple of college stories I, I guess I'd like to share is, is for me. Now, Bruce has his own, and I'll give you an example. Bruce, Bruce has worked for years with Vanderbilt baseball. Okay. And if we know Vanderbilt baseball is one of the top baseball programs in the country and, and coach Corbin and Bruce are close friends and they get together every year and Bruce goes down there and helps with that culture all the time. So I'm not going to speak about Bruce. That's his baby, but I at least wanted to mention that's, that's example for me. Let's give you, I'll give you two colleges in Florida since you're from Florida. Okay. One is UCF softball, uh, university of central Florida softball. And it's interesting because I started working with coach ball Malone, Cindy, when she was at Boise state and she had actually been working at uh university of Washington where Bruce was working with Heather Tarr and that good program up there. And then I started working with Cindy at Boise state and we were able to go in there for four years. And, and I think the biggest thing we got young athletes to buy into was they were there for something bigger than themselves. They took leadership of the program. And they ended up winning the conference and going to their first ever regional tournament. Then Cindy gets hired at UCF. And now they're a top 20 program and they've had great success. We hosted their first super regional a lot last year, but the year before. But I say that to say, I think what you've seen over the years with them is this. They, they went, their, their coaches are bought in. So they're coaching performance, but culture. They develop the leaders on their program, which transition year to year. But maybe the biggest thing which I have loved is that it wasn't about the coaches and the leaders. It was about we have coaches, we have leaders, and we have the rest of the team, and that all flows together. In fact, we intentionally named the rest of the team because how many times do you hear that? We got our leaders, and then we got the rest of the team. No, the rest of the team we call the bridge because the bridges, bridges do two things. They connect you together, and they get you over danger. And if we don't have everybody trying to connect us together and getting us over adversity in our programs, we're in trouble. We've seen them all buy into that and really succeed. The second one I'll give really quickly is Flagler College up in St. Augustine. And, and you're, we go up there every year working with their athletes, working with their coaches to develop intentional culture. And the athletic director, Judd Damon, his biggest philosophy is this, and he's accomplished it for like three straight years. We want to win the all sports trophy, but we also also want to win the uh, the sport the all sports trophy, but also the sportsmanship award. He wants to make sure they walk out. Not only do they look at they're good, but they're classy. And if you have they're making the right choices on effort and behavior, you'll do both. And that's been a success story there. And then just a couple high schools: one Kingwood High School, Kingwood Park High School in in Texas where we started eight years ago with the cheer team. 
And then the next year, the dance team came in. And then the next year, the softball, baseball team came in. And now we have different schools from different, different teams from different high schools in the district that are all involved every year. And you know what is a great one? And I, I think I mentioned this earlier. We talked to parents. We'll fill their auditorium with parents because here's our belief. And we've been able to accomplish it there. Not 100% because you'll never get 100%. But. Our philosophy at Proactive is this. When coaches and parents work together, miracles happen for the student-athlete. When coaches and parents work apart, guess who suffers? The athlete. We need to work together. That has happened there. And just give you one more. I hope I'm, I'm giving you what you want. But St. Joseph's High School up in Michigan, Kevin Guzzo, a great high school athletic director, who's intentionally just worked on culture, and he hires and trains coaches based on that. And their kids are walking away with unbelievable experience. And they're not necessarily always winning championships, but they're competing at a level they've never competed before. And that to us is reaching potential is to be able to walk away and look at each other in the eyes and go, job well done. We know we were as good as we could be. That's what we're developing. I will say, just as kind of a side note, we do have a lot of teams that we work with that end up playing high into the state championship levels. And we don't think that's by coincidence. We think proactive coaching gives you an edge. You know, uh, I, I love all the examples. I love the two Florida examples too. Um, got a question for you. And I know I'm ambushing you with this one. Uh, and again, for our listeners we're recording this on uh, September 18th. So it's pretty timely. Um, Deion Sanders has uh, been in the news a lot. Uh, you know, total transparency. I'm a big fan. You know, I, I like what he's doing. Um, from an outsider's view, because we don't know what's going on, you know, in, in the right. meetings. But from an outsider's view, what are some things that you would say he has done to change the culture? Because obviously going from 0-11. They certainly had a challenge against Colorado State, uh, but they came out on top, came from behind uh, to go from 0-11 to 3-0. and uh, What are some things that, from your 30,000-foot view, you think he has done? One, I, I there's no doubt, and he prints it on all his shirts, right? Belief. Believe. I, they believe. I mean, he gets young people in there, sets the expectation high when it comes to performance. His expectation for performance is high and he gets his players to understand what that is and he gets them to buy into it. To me, that is a trait very, it's hard. And I mean, he's not, we're not talking, sometimes we can get 80, 90% of our, he gets like 98% of his kids to buy in wherever he's been at. There's something there. He relates to young people very well. Okay. But I'd say there's a second part. I think it's developed a coaching staff that coaches the game unbelievably well. You watch them, they play the game well, blocking, tackling, and they're undersized a lot of the times, and they're blocking and tackling, and they just do things. So those are the two I think best. He's taught the game well, and he's gotten to believe. Now, um, he's also done something, and um, um, I, I may end up misspeaking here, but um for the uh football uniforms you know they they don't have necessarily captains i think he has the l which i think is leaders and then everything else everybody else is a d for dog uh but it's in a positive way yep. uh is that similar to to one of the things that you mentioned i can't remember which school you talked about but it, that's what made me think of that 
Yeah, I think it's when we talked about UCF. He gets people to, and we always say this, you know, there's sometimes you might have two or three natural leaders and they can be it. But it goes back all the way back to Tom Osborne at Nebraska who had a leadership council, not necessarily captains. Because if I got to get so much done on my team in leadership, and here I, here's, a, I think, is a flaw right now. Too many people see leadership as calling the coin flip and leading stretching. That's not what we're talking about. Those are duties. Leadership is encouraging, praising, confronting, protecting, and defending, okay? Serving, not entitlement. I'm a senior. I got to tell you what to do. No, I'm a senior. I get to work for this program. And, you know, and those kind of things. Well, if I can have 10, 15, 20, 50 people doing that, how much better am I going to be than if I have three? And I think that's what I think you're right. He has two or three or five doing it this level, but he has 85 doing it at this level. And I think you're right. I think he's done an unbelievable job with that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be exciting to, uh, to see uh, how the rest of the season plays out. He's playing my uh, Oregon ducks uh, coming up here this weekend. Uh, obviously I'll be rooting for them, but uh, uh, again, I like what he's done and uh, uh, you're right. He's put together a tremendous staff. And uh, the players that are there, you know, they're, they're playing for him. So, uh, you know, they, and, you know, for those of us system. that are old enough, the whole thing, showtime around Dion doesn't, the prime time doesn't bother. We've been used to that for 30 years. I think it rubs off on other people because it is kind of, you know, it kind of gets in your face a little bit, but though that I did find it interesting what he said the other day. I don't know if you heard this. They asked him what's harder playing football, coaching football or playing baseball. And he said, hitting that baseball is still the hardest thing I've ever done. That's that's what they, you know. Again, I was not a baseball player. That's why I went to track. So exactly, uh, that's why I played basketball. A lot easier than hitting that baseball yeah. coming in. So. That's how hard it was. Wow, great, great stuff. Uh, one more time for our listeners. Uh, we're visiting today with Rob Miller from Proactive Coaching. We're taking a break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. To get started with Home Campus at your school, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank our friends at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best one out there. But there's so much more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find them all by going to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Rob Miller, one of the partners with Proactive Coaching. Rob, one of our longstanding talking points uh, involves this idea of social awareness. So um, how can an athletic director do a better job for their community uh, in this area? Do you have any advice for us? 
Yeah, I think there's a couple different areas where that would help. And, you know, and we all know our day gets slammed. Okay. I mean, we get bus transportation, physicals, then we got the media and it's a slammed full day. I get that, especially, and we all know spring sports will drive every one of us crazy. Okay. I mean, especially if you're up in our neck of the woods, okay, where you're canceling every other game. Um, But the three things I really like is, is number one is, you better be socially aware of what's happening at your practices. What's happening with your teams. Okay. I guess that's a better way to put it. Meaning if somebody's going to come to you and say, this is what's going on in your teams, you better have an understanding. So you're socially aware of what's taking place. Go to practices. Hey, ride the bus with the team to a game and not just the basketball football team, you know, go with the cross country team, go with, the, you know, get out there with the lacrosse team, whatever it is. So you got to understand what these kids are saying and doing on the buses and on the road trips, because I think that'll give you an idea of what's going on. So that's kind of number one. Number two is listen, listen to your athletes and how I, th- I think the two best ways to do that is one. If I love it, I know you've addressed this in other podcasts. Okay. I know you have a leadership council for a athletic director and that leadership council has to become more than a community service grouping. It has to become a voice and it has to become a continent between the administration and the rest of the athletes. We're hearing what the athletes are doing and we're presenting to this group what we want out of the athletes. So that's another group. But I think there's a second part of listening. Never be afraid to call in some kids, sophomores, freshmen to seniors and have a talk with them about, you know what, how's it going? What, what are you seeing in the hallways? How are we doing in the locker? Listen to some kids and get a different get a different scope of kids out there. But I think the last one is this. Talk to your community. You know, how many times have you seen this? The athletic director at a game is hiding behind the bleachers someplace. You know, I mean, they don't want to be where the problem can be, right? Get out there, sit with your parents. Um, but you know who else I, I have found over the years? You know who I have found great resources in? That that parent that was parent 30 years ago that's still coming to every game. And there may be, they may even be, you know, they take their turns at the concession stand. Those, those kids have been graduated for 25 years. They're still in the concession stand. Why not talk to them? They got a pretty good handle of what's happening too. We got to be able to establish communication and listen from all the different key stakeholders. Number one key stakeholder are student athletes. Number two is our parents. Number three is the rest of the community. And by the way, it would never hurt to ask the teachers what's going on in the classroom either. I I love every single one of them. Uh, And again, I think your theme was, you know, just listen, you know, listen to the, the kids, you know, Hey coach, you got a minute. Uh, I know when a parent says that, hey, coach, you got a minute, uh, you're not excited. But um, that veteran parent and also that parent who's had maybe three or four kids go through the program. Now they're down to their last kid, um, you know, pull them aside and, and just, you know, say, you know, has it been a good experience? What are some things you've liked? Um, and a lot of times those are the parents that they're your favorite parents because they never come into your office. <laughs> they're not beating you up with something about playing time, but um, reach you know, out to said, other parents too. I've said this, I've, and I say this to young coaches, focus on the 99%, not the one. And I think that's true for athletic directors. 88% of parents will never have problems with. And in fact, we never hear from them. And is like you said, we want to hear from them. Or number two is 
we wish we would hear from them because they're the ones that don't come to parent-teacher conferences either. We right. need the, the 19% though is the ones we need to establish great community. They may have an issue, but as long as you have great communication and strong standards, that's where we'll grow and learn together. Then there's the 1%. There's nothing we're going to do to change them. You know, and it's easier said than done, especially for a young coach. You want to say, ignore them. You can't because they're going to take your energy. But it's not that person you're worried about. Not You know, focus in on the ones that we can make a difference with. Right. I, I like that breakdown, 80, 19, and 1. And that 19, uh, this is something that took me, again, way too long to learn in my career. Most of the time when they come in, they're just venting. You know, they're, they're really not looking for a solution. And it just took me so long to figure that out, to just let them vent instead of they're 30 seconds into a vent and I'm cutting them off with a, what I think is a solution uh, to a problem that really didn't exist. They just tried to blow off steam. So, yeah, I, I love that. Listen. Okay. For our listeners, uh, we've been spending some time with Rob Miller of Proactive Coaching. I really wish we uh, had another hour to do this, but Right now, we're getting ready to go into our final segment, which is the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're not an AD, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics and excellence. So we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor this segment. When we come back, we're going to find out what Rob Miller is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. So please stay with us. We want to thank the folks at Athletic Surveys for their support. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can create a custom survey for your school, for your athletic department, that lets you take the pulse of your parents, your student-athletes, even your coaches. Athletic directors already hear back from that 2%, uh, the people that want to complain about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Uh, let them show you how you can start taking the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting with Rob Miller of Proactive Coaching. Uh, has tremendous career in athletics, athletic administration and coaching. But right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. And I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So, Rob, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? First thing I would say is this. Every day, every day, spend 10 minutes in your own personal development, okay? So listen to a podcast like this. Get a book like The Athletic Director's Toolbox, whatever it is, but tend to, I always put it this way. I think we should wake up every morning and try to do something in the first part of the day that sets the day going in the right direction. And for an athletic director, we know once you get to school, you know what? It's gonna be 185 miles per hour most of the day. Yeah, that's just it. You know, and when you think you got a quiet period, the umpire calls and says, I can't make it today. So you spend that hour going through the trying to find a new umpire. So find something to find some quiet time in the morning to professionally develop yourself. 
for me, what I've gotten a habit into is I just try to read something or do, listen to a podcast first thing in the morning. I do actually, I do two, two. One is on my faith and one is on my profession. I want to do something each morning. And it may even only be a short one. It may be five minutes each, but something that sets the day with my mind thinking, thinking about something new. So that's more conceptual than it is, than it is, you know, an actual thing. But that's one thing I think I really, really believe in. The second thing I think is if you want to help build your team, develop something with your coaching staff that makes them better every day and send them something every day. Don't miss a day, okay, where you're growing your team every day. And the reason I say that is because here's what I've seen. I think we have a lot of young coaches that go into one of two categories. They do a great job leading and a poor job managing. That's category number one. And guess what? They can lead their team great, but if they don't manage, who's responsible? Who's going to fall? Who's who is that going to fall on? The athletic director who already has enough job to do as their man in the manager role. They shouldn't be doing the manager for that sport. That comes with the the job of the coach. Okay, but on the other hand, how many times have you seen this? Coaches are good managers, but don't lead their athletes. Guess who that comes back on? The athletic director, okay? So something so something to develop yourself and something to develop your team every day. And your team is the coaching staff. Develop them every day. So that's kind of maybe two things that aren't as, as good out there. Um, the third one I, I'm sure you've gotten a million times, and it's this. Have a trusted mentor that you can pick up the phone, send an email to, call him or her, and say, what would you do in this situation? I think the trusted, I've learned this, and maybe I can throw this in as the kind of the, the, the tagline on trusted mentor. And I had somebody mention this to me, seek wisdom, not advice. And to me, that was a changing point for me. Seek wisdom, not advice. Advice, that means we're just doing it the way they would do it. I don't want that. I want to, I want wisdom. How do you go about how you make decisions so that I can go about it because it may be two different situations. And if I may add a fourth, proactive coaching. Okay. And just to let you know, we we come to schools and speak. We have all sorts of materials, as you've talked about already. Bruce's materials are still out there and we've revamped them and brought them up. And third, if I don't mind mentioning, we just came out with a new product through game through Neptune Navigate, which is a eight-week leadership course for all kids at a school. So we got lots in our toolbox that we can help you with too, but those would be my four. So I hope I touched on something that would help there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I love the, uh, the, the 10 minutes of professional development. And I, I love the way you said, you know, your, your faith and, and then also from the coaching, but uh, you, you even went, you know, more fine tuning with growing your coaches uh, just, you know, great, great stuff. One more time, Rob, if one of our listeners wants to know more about proactive coaching, how they can get involved uh, for their school, their program, or how to reach you, what's the best way they can do that? You can reach me at rob at proactivecoaching.info. That's rob at proactivecoaching.info. I'm even going to give my cell phone. How's that? Okay. Cause I don't mind that. 913-449-3356. Or go to our website, proactivecoaching.info, or Facebook, Proactive Coaching LLC. Yeah, it sounds like that Facebook site might be a really cool one to add. 
Rob, thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day to share with our listeners and all the best uh, moving forward. Thank you. This has been highlight. It's been fun. Okay. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have to do another one because you got so much good stuff to share. Um, for listeners, uh, we do this just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.